Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Number 98 Zen Parenting Radio Podcast. Hundreds coming up. Hundreds coming up. We're going to do a big promotion. But first, let's talk big about... Big promotion? What does that mean, a big promotion? We're going to promote the heck out of number 100. Ah, you mean we're going to let everybody... We're going to celebrate. Yeah. Okay. And promote it. Promote. It's a cause for celebration and promotion. Yes. That's a but lot. we're going to talk about how busy I am <laughs> and how busy you are. I, I don't know. we are so much that. busier than everybody else. Yes. Right. And then uh, we're going to talk about Ed Bacon's book again. Yes. Because we're going to have him on our show in a few short weeks. So we have gotten to... He's going to be the 100th show. Do you I, realize that? I hope that that's exactly what's and going on. And why that's so interesting is because we've gone 100 shows without having any guests. Right. And that's been by choice. I yeah, mean, we've had have, opportunities yeah. to have people on and we have said no because we, our egos, could not <laughs> sacrifice anybody else using this microphone space. That is not true. It is because it's not what our show is about, our really. Our show is about me and you <laughs> and nobody else because we are the most important people in the world. No, it's because the format of this show is a discussion. It's banter. It's banter. And it is also, we are doing this in our home. Right. And so to have someone on... It, it wouldn't. It, the challenge. There's so too many challenges. So, what makes this guy so special? Well, because first, I know the answer to this question. There's the many answers. I mean, Ed Bacon is um, someone that we've respected for a very long time and listened to, and followed his writing, and followed him on Soul Series on Oprah's uh, radio station, and um, he's just someone I've always looked up to. And his book has um, really helped me in my own learning, but also teaching people, Mm -hmm. um, my college students, and also just in women's groups and such. And the fact that he and I have started a dialogue and that he asked to be on our show, that's not something I would ever pass up. Right. Because I'm not crazy. You forgot to mention one thing. Which is what? He's awesome. He's awesome. So, yes. So we're going to have him on, and I think that'll probably be our 100th show, which is a kind of cool celebration. Very much so. Mm -hmm. I'm already nervous about it. Are you really? Awesome. That's good. Because I've listened to this guy on Oprah's radio channel, and I've seen him on TV, and the fact that he wants to come on our little show is yeah. really quite overwhelming. It is. But, you know, he's just a guy. He is. And, you know, he's doing the same thing we're doing. We're all in the same boat trying to... He's obviously more high profile mm-hmm. um, and has, you know, connections to people who are more high profile. But at the same time, our message is the same. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. Like, you know, and that's kind of why I email him and say, this is, you know, I'm trying to use your language, incorporate it with our language, and really trying to just spread, spread the message of acceptance. Well, one thing that's amazing about his book is, throughout, you know, he's a priest. He's not a Catholic priest. He's another kind of he's priest. He's not even a priest. I I think he he's a reverend. He's clergy, whatever. He's clergy. He's, he right. wears a collar. Okay, that's all I need to say. Okay. And throughout the book, he talks about how he is screwed up and all these mistakes he's oh, made. Oh yeah, yeah. And how he's learned from them. Yeah. So it's not a higher than thou read. No. So the name of the book is Eight Habits of Love. We're going to talk about it in a few weeks with him on the line, and we're right. very stoked. And we're going to talk about it a little bit today, also. Yes, we so are. it's going to be. But first, we're going to talk about busyness. Busyness. But even before we do that, you have this holiday retreat. Thing going on. Yes. Let's, thank you. Because I have, I have, I forgot to post that today. I am doing a virtual holiday retreat. And what I mean by that is that instead of, December is just too nutty and people can't show up for classes or presentations. Or, As opposed to the other months where they all show up <laughs> all the time. Yeah. there's. It's difficult to get people in the seats when it comes to parenting or self-awareness. Sometimes we succeed and sometimes, sometimes we, we don't. fail miserably. And I don't even know if it's a failure. Oh, it's a failure. Well, I think the direction, maybe the way we're doing it, the what we're calling it, yeah. um, what's going on in people's lives in the moment. Yeah. You know, there's. I learn every time. Yeah, we, we have, fail. <laughs> anyway... 
because I'm not even going to attempt to get people in chairs in December, I'm going to do a virtual retreat. And what, what I like about this too is because most of the people that obviously I talk to are from Chicago because that's where I live. Mm. So this will be nice for people who live in different states. Right. Because um, we've been asked to come to California a few times and it's just not going to happen you yeah. know, by different people. And not because we don't love California, but because the real... Or list- not that we don't love going and talking to people we don't know about. Right. Some of the stuff we love talking about, but... Logistically, it's not possible. It's right not. Now. It's unrealistic for so our lifestyle. So this is your way to jump on board with Zen Parenting Radio. Yes. So I'll post it on the Facebook page. Basically, it's eight. It's gonna, it's called Eight Days of Holiday Calm, and I am going to email you things every day. We are going to do five. You don't know this, but we're going to do five minute Zen Parenting clips every day that we're going to send to people. Nice. And that's not going to be for public. That's right. only going to be for people in the retreat. Only the retreaters. Only the retreaters. And but then, I'm going to be in the retreat. Am I allowed to be on the Zen absolutely. Parenting Radio thing? Yes. Of course, that's okay. what I mean. You're part of, you know, you're part of the process, and then a bunch of other things that we're going to focus on: self awareness, um, bringing in, you know, um, calm and more of yourself to your holidays rather than having them be stressful. Um, and you know, it's going to be you're going to basically take from it what you need because mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what to do with the information, right? And I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm just going to send you things, right. and you can decide. So it's on my website, kathycadams.com, and you can register and pay right there through mm-hmm. the website through PayPal. Um, or you can click on it from our Facebook page. But um, I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about reaching out to lots of different people. And you got this idea through uh, one of your friends did this cleanse thing, and you kind of yes. piggybacking on the cleanse, that idea. The cleanse that we did right. was virtual, right. meaning um, our friend Christy, who we did it with, she lives in D.C., mm-hmm. and she and it was all done so virtually. Would, would this be called a Zen parenting cleanse? Kind of, and we talked about calling it that, but I think of it more as kind of a retreat because... I guess you're cleansing whatever you don't want, but I didn't. The word just didn't work for me. Gotcha. You went with holiday retreat. I went with eight days of holiday calm. It's pretty good. Ah. I mean, really good. <laughs> so good. So, you know what? It felt good to me. And it's on Facebook and it's on kathycadams.com. Yeah. So sign up. Yes. Right now you can oh, sign and it's, up. It's forty dollars. Just so you just so you know. Um, that's five bucks a day. Five bucks a day. That's it's for, one coffee for. Utopian wellness. Uh, that for Guaranteed. Days. Yes, and hopefully you can take it with you into the next months. It's not just for those days. It's right. like things you can take just with you. Just for guys or girls. Everybody. Do it as a family. Family retreat. Because we have families that email us and say they all listen to the show. So do it as a family retreat. And you don't have to pay for everyone. You know just what? pay for one person. I can't do that because I'm too busy. I know, you know what? That's what we're going to talk about oh, right now. What a surprise. What but a great segue. Before that, I am busy because we have to talk about our first partner, and they are helping HandsMadeServices.com. Yes. yes. And they clean our house once a month. And especially during the holidays, think about all the stuff you have going on. Oh, my goodness. Take one thing off your list. Have them come in and clean your house before or during. Not during. Before or Bef- after your holiday yeah, parties. Don't do it in the middle. During would it be It could weird. disrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the vacuuming. All right. So their information is helpinghandmadeservices.com, 630-530-1324. Okay. So my question to you is, you are someone who believes you're busy most of the time, don't you? I do. And I've, I've received two articles by my beautiful wife in the last <laughs> week or so. That I was too busy to read. And Were you really? Yeah. But you just told me you read them. This morning, I finally got around oh, to reading them, okay. and I'm like, this needs to be talked about. Okay. So um, both articles kind of came from two different places. One was a little more practical, uh-huh. which I connected with, and one was one was more philosophical or 
Buddhist or Zen or self awareness, uh, more in depth of why we think we're busy. Right, and I, even though I haven't been able to put it to words, basically when when and I am guilty of this too. But when people say, "Oh, I'm just too bu- too busy," I kind of think that that's such a crock. Right, and I use it too. So I'm a crock. Right, I call myself a crock. You're a crock. I am a crock, <laughs> not a crock pot. <laughs> A crock. I had to get that out, by the way. Yes. It's time for some chili. Chili time. I know. So, um, you know, so this one woman, her name is Laura Vanderkam, and she wrote this in Wall Street Journal. It was in the Wall Street Journal, yeah. And she, like, breaks it down. There's 168 hours per week, and that's a lot of hours in the week. Yeah. And if we really look at how we're spending our time, then we can maybe realize that we have more time than we think we do. Right. So... There were certain tips that she gave about how to do that. And one is to keep a log on how you are spending your time. Yeah, if you really want to know how you're spending your time, spending your time, start writing down what you're doing. Right. And it's kind of tedious. Like, I don't know if I'd want to do that, but... Well, what if you just did it for a day? I mean, it's not... If you did it every day, annoying. I mean, that's like counting calories. It's just annoying. Here's the deal. Facebook, five times a day at six minutes a pop adds up to two and a half hours in a work week. Wow. That's two and a half hours. Yeah. You can get a lot done. And in I think hours. that people are on Facebook more than that. I think you are on Facebook more than that. Do you think so? Oh my gosh. Are really? you kidding me? Huh. Sure. I yeah. probably am. I have, Every time I look at, not every time, a lot of times I look at your computer, you're working. I mean, our well, work Well, I was going to say the screen is up, but that doesn't mean I'm like scanning through Facebook. True. You know what I mean? Like it's just that it's it's on what, what am I trying to say? It's pulled up. Yes. But yeah. you're not necessarily no. viewing anything. No, I'm not necessarily looking for um, And another thing she says about how in this society we feel like it's a bear to cross. And it's fun across to talk. Across to bear. Yeah, across to bear. Thank you. <laughs> it could be a bear to cross. It is a bear to cross. <laughs> a bear to cross the road. You know, different ways to use language. <laughs> um, but it is... Uh, it's like cool or in, in vogue to talk about how busy we are. And I can't stand that. Well, what it is, is it, again, from my perspective, it is socially acceptable. And not only acceptable, but it's revered. Mm-hmm. If you are busy, oh my gosh, you're, you work so hard. You're so busy. You must be so good at what you do. You must be so in need. People must really need you. And it's it's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and again, I don't want to like completely take myself out of this. Right. I have days like that sure. too. You know, so I just think that it's been kind of years of work to say because I I started learning about productivity or started becoming really w- aware for myself um after the girls were born. Right. Because I was like, you know, I had to be productive in a different way. Like right. what I deemed productive before I had kids and what was really productive after I had kids were very different things. Well, it's so interesting you said that because um, two weekends ago, I went on a retreat which had 12 of us and there was two guys and 10 girls. Right. And a lot of the girls were in, they, they were single. And one thing that they couldn't stand, which I completely resonated and agreed with them on, is we as parents think that our time is so much more valuable than our friends who don't have kids. Mm. They're always like, oh, I can't do it. My, I got to do this with the kids. And that, as if the single person out there, time isn't nearly as valuable. Now, and, and I think that parents overvalue their time more so. And I've done this to my friends who, uh, and I try to purposely not say it, but I am guilty of this too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you just don't understand. You don't have kids. Mm. And that's such a, another crock. There's a lot of crocks on this show. Well, see, I challenge you on that. Bring it. Okay, because I challenge you on 
people who, you know, you're saying all the, these women who didn't have kids, they were saying, oh, my friends totally overvalue, you know, they think they're more busy than me. Do they say that or are you perceiving that? Because that can be I your own sense of self-worth. All I can talk about is me. And I have caught myself saying to my single friends, I, I can't do it because I just got way too many things going on, as if that single friend at home is just waiting for me to call them to go do something. That single friend is as busy as I am. I know, but who said they're not? I think that's what I'm challenging. Is I think a lot of parents think that their single friends have so much free time. Well, then they're not remembering when before they I had kids. I think we all forget. That's why these articles are so important, because it's relative. This mm-hmm. word couldn't be used uh, more in this discussion, is that when... I was single and working, and then I was going to school and working. I was busy, quote unquote, and my days were filled up. My nights were filled up. Even if it was filled up with a Lifetime movie, it was filled up. And then, you know, we started dating, and then I was even busier, and then we got married, and then I had my first kid, and oh oh my gosh, my life was so busy. Well, I've had two more kids since then, Mm -hmm. and am working. I guess what I'm saying is it's relative. It's not about, let me tell you how many things I have. It's about no matter who you are, you fill up your life with things and people. And so you make choices on how to be busy. I think the the thing that I was challenging you on was when other people say, oh, they think their life is so much busier than mine. Did they say that to you? Or are you feeling low or not low? Are you not sure if you, if you are, your things that you're doing are as valuable so you're blaming them for how you feel about it? Um, do, you, do you hear what I'm saying? I hear exactly what okay. you're saying. And all I can tell you is talk about myself and I have judged them okay. saying... You don't know what it's like to have kids. You have okay. no idea. The other, right. My other example is Sex in the City. Wasn't there a Sex in the City where um, Sarah Jessica Parker went to that lady's house and there was something about the shoes got stolen out of her house? Oh, yeah. That was my, that's my favorite episode. So can you... It's my very favorite episode. And wasn't episode. it about that exact thing? Well, it was. It, it was. I think it was kind Didn't of... Didn't she say something like, you just don't understand you don't have kids? It, it, a million times, but what it was about was judging the way she lived her life. And I'll say this very succinctly. Carrie goes to her, it's Tatum O'Neill, by the way. Right. She was in, but she goes to her friend's house and she's wearing really expensive shoes. And Tatum O'Neill's like, well, I have three kids. So you're going to have to take your shoes off. And then when Carrie goes to leave, her shoes are gone. Someone right. stole them. And Carrie's like, you know, are you going to buy me new shoes? Because I these got lost at your house. And she was like, oh, why are you so worried about shoes? You should care about other things. You know, I can't believe your focus is on the shoes. And just judging her as she called and shoe that's judging. Where I'm coming from. Okay. Well, that's different than busyness. Don't well, you think? Well, I think that maybe they're different, but they're along the same parallels. Okay. Just the fact that because someone has children, they their sense of being and what they've focused on in life is more important than someone who's single. I think we that I agree with. do that. Uh, that I agree with in that it's not more important. Absolutely. It's just relative. What, before I had kids, I was terribly busy drinking beer. <laughs> And, and that see, was important a, to me. Well, and that's not a great example because someone would look at that and say... So? Okay. That was important to me. Well, how about you say, I was terribly important socializing and being with people that I cared about. And drinking beer. Okay. Okay. You know, it's words, but it's the same thing. I know. Thing. It is, but it carries a different energy, Taddy. When I know. You say, and I'm giving you my energy and you give, you're giving you your energy. I know. But when you say, I was busy drinking beer, that right there sets you up for not being valued. But when you say something like, I was busy socializing and... See, I go to the extreme simply because it doesn't matter what I'm doing. My time is as valuable as your okay. time. Okay. 
That I hear. It doesn't matter. I know, but we're doing a radio show. So like so, people are listening to it and I want them hopefully. to get <laughs> I want them to get the gist of of that they are more valuable because you can throw people off by saying I was busy drinking beer and someone would say, "Well, that's not valuable." You know what I mean? To them. To them. But okay. Well, I think we could go round and round about this. But, I'm going to give you a few more. Okay. I'm totally just um kind of bulldozing you over the show. Sorry about that. But she also says to be honest about your time because a lot of people exaggerate it. Oh, I think most people do. I know I do. Um, let's see. And then change your language. This is what you talked to me about this morning. Instead of saying I don't have time, try saying it's not a priority. So And see words- how that feels. So for the example that I was saying to you this morning, and I think this is actually in the article, is if you're like, I can't make a doctor's appointment, or I can't take the kids to the dentist, or I can't do that, instead of saying I can't, I don't have time, try saying it's not my priority to take my kids to the dentist and see how that feels. Right. Because you know better than that. Right. You know that that is, should be a priority. Not about the... And your thing is by saying it out loud. You shift your thinking. You, sh- you, you create an awareness that otherwise may not um, be there. Like, for example, when, when um, so often when I do self-care presentations, and it's mostly moms, they will say to me, going on a date, you know, going to a movie with my spouse, going on dates with my spouse, it's just not, we're too busy, we don't have enough money. And I said, okay, then, you know, I've never really said this, but this is what I'd say now. Shift your language and say... Going on a date with my husband is not a priority. Mm-hmm. And see how that feels. Right. Um, spending time by myself is not a priority. And for some people, they'd say it's not. And that's where I am. And if that's where they are, then I honor that's where they are in that moment. But there's something that comes up in you where you go, gosh, why isn't it a priority to go on a date? Yeah. Or why isn't it a priority to be by myself? Because is it more of a priority? We, we've gained this sense of we're more important and we're more valued if we're constantly busy on our computer. Right. And that's really messed up. Well, and I'm addicted to productivity at, at, to my own uh, detriment. Mm-hmm. I think that if I'm busy checking things off list, that is better than sitting in quiet. And I know that's not the. I think my life would be more fulfilling if I did certain things like mm-hmm. that. I'm addicted to it. And you know what that is? The the addiction that's your ego yes. saying it's a waste of time. Right. Whereas you will, in your soul self, say, "I know it wouldn't be a right. waste of time." But in the moment when you could make a decision to go to your computer, or go upstairs and meditate, right. your ego says that's a waste of time. Right. Exactly. Don't do that. Um, so that um, article is from a woman named Laura Vanderkam, and then this other one I just really briefly want to go over. This is. By a guy named Norman Fisher, and essentially it says the same thing. I think I've I found this one on the own or on Oprah's website. So right. this is a little more metaphysical. Yeah, this is a little more. But a, a few things that this guy says that you can do is take three conscious breaths, and we've talked about sure. that all the time. But if you can do that, it will change your body. At what point feeling. do you take like you're saying take conscious breaths when? Whenever you're feeling stressed. Okay, whenever you're feeling like you're too busy. Three conscious mm-hmm. breaths. And then the next he goes on walking meditation. You're like, well, I don't have time to go out and walk and meditate. You're walking all the time. If you're walking to the bathroom, you can walk in meditation. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. If you're walking to the car, you can take um, an awareness that you are walking to the car. You're not trying to get to the car to go pick up the kids. You are walking to the car. It's like Thich Nhat says, when you're washing the dishes, wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. And that just means don't be doing it for the sake of getting through it. You're already washing the dishes. You might as well... Wash them. Wash them. Well, and, and be present while you're doing it instead of all this other stuff. Same as eating eating cereal in the morning. You know, you'd rather read the back of a cereal box than you would sitting in quiet. 
Well, and so that's the part that needs to be like kind of unwrapped is that it's your, you know, it's not about doing something else. It's not about saying, oh, now I have to do a walking meditation. And now take the word meditation out of it. And what the point of this is, is when you're walking, be aware of that you're walking somewhere Then, as you said, then trying to get through it. Because the thing that we realize when we start to become aware and start to open up these channels in ourselves is where are we going? Mm-hmm. Why are we in such a hurry to get from there to the bathroom and back? What do we think we're missing? I think a lot of us live in the future, either two minutes ahead or two nights ahead or something like that. But the irony is, and, and I know not everybody will be able to hear this, even if you are, so you, you diagnose that and you say, okay, I'm living in the future. But then you know when you get there, it's no better. Meaning... Because you're too busy thinking about the next thing. Right. You're You don't ever get there. You never get there. I never get there. Nobody does. I know. And they will say, well, but I feel good. I'm excited about that night. But then if that night doesn't go the way they think it should, then it's not good. And then they're ready for the next one or they blame someone. If you're just, it's kind of like what Eckhart said yesterday on, uh, we were watching Super Soul Sunday, um, and Eckhart Tolle was back on with Oprah, and, you know, he wrote The Power of Now and uh, New Earth, and he's just a wonderful, I think a wonderful human being. He's the man. He's the man. I enjoy watching him. Watching him. But he said, um, she said, when, when do you do to have fun? And he said, well, I am having fun when I'm present. No matter what I'm doing, I'm having fun because I'm present with it. Mm-hmm. And many will say, ugh, you know, yeah. whatever. But there's such a deep truth about that. And and even though I can't say I experience that all the time, that wouldn't be on, honest. I experience it more now than I ever have in mm-hmm. my life. Where the things I'm doing, I'm really happy to be doing them. Right. Um, because they're... I'm not really thinking about how to get through it or why I shouldn't have to do it or blaming others. Right. I'm just cleaning the kitchen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just time for that. Yeah. It's just time to clean the kitchen. And there's no problem with that. And it's not, I shouldn't be doing anything else. But that's that's hard to grasp all the time. Well, it's just living in the present moment. Yeah. If you can do that. So um, okay. a few other things from this guy, Norman Fisher, and this was the one that was on the Oprah thing. Uh, a phrase he says can help just by saying, repeating yourself, not busy. You know, that was kind of his theme through the whole article. Mm, just say not like busy that. to yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can uh, go in. And then lastly, and by far the most practical, which was let go of a few activities. Which you and I did. Especially the ones you don't enjoy. You and I, um, will you get back on the other page so I can see? Um, you and I had a talk about a week ago. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the time. I wanted to see where we oh, were with time. Sorry about that. Yeah, go back on the page. There we go. Oh, um, moving right along. Yes. Uh, you and I were having a discussion because I had had uh, some. I'm working with somebody that, like a body worker, and, and we were discussing the fact that, you know, taking on a lot of things, that even though I preach this and talk about this and write about this, I still am definitely a work in progress when it comes to being present or doing things that I feel good about. You know, mm-hmm. I'm constantly learning. And I came home and said, we have to really look at all the things we're doing and, and maybe help each other mm-hmm. focus on making our energy more streamlined because we're all over the place and we're doing all these things and it's great and not just with work i'm not talking about just work i'm talking about even things with the girls and and you you're so busy all the time and i'm busy but you're worse than i am yeah so So you're not a a good mirror bad mirror yeah well you're just like you're doing more so when it's nine o'clock and i'm off my computer and i'm laying down you're still working Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay and and i shouldn't be judging what i'm doing based on you yeah back off man no i'm not and it's not necessarily a judgment it's can i'm already kind of super crazy busy and you're worse so we're not helping each other right 
and that one of us has to be a little bit more lackadaisical. Well, one of us has to at least comment on are we focusing on? And I think that the conversation that when I brought up that conversation with you, I walked the walk and went to my computer and canceled three things that I said I would do. I let go of a program that a, a certification program. You disappointed I was going people. To do. I did. Yeah. But you know what? It felt really good. Who's the author who said that? If Cheryl you, Richardson. She said. If you want to be happy, you need to dis- practice disappointing people. You have to disappoint Everybody, somebody, every, somebody day. every day. Yeah. And that's so counterintuitive. Right. But it's basically choosing yourself first instead of somebody else's projected needs. And you don't disappoint them just because you want to hurt them. You, that's not the intention. Choose the intention, yourself first. Exactly. The intention is, thank you for asking me, but that's not something that works with my life. Right. And, um, you know, there's such a truth to that. And so I had to... When I came and talked to you, it wasn't about lecturing you about how busy you are. It was saying to you, "Help me." I realize I'm busy. Help me. Yeah. And by me helping me, then I can help you. Help me, me help, help you. you. Help me help, help you. you. Exactly. I was doing a little Jerry Maguire. Um, what's the other guy's name in that? Rod. Rod Tidwell. Yeah. Um, all right. So our next sponsor is... Um, Tree of Life. Yes. You were just there. I was just there. And I'm going this afternoon. She fixed me. <laughs> she doesn't like She's got a good newsletter. Um, how to live how to live to a hundred. So if you want oh, to live out a hundred, get on her newsletter. Well how does how do people get on her newsletter? Oh that. Um I don't know. Go to her Why Facebook don't we link page. it to our page so people can see it? Yeah, it's everywhere. Go okay. to Zen Parenting Radio and you can you can hook up to okay. ZenParentingRadio.com. and then spinal link to asthma. I don't know anything about spinal leaks or asthma. Well, she's just trying to help people understand how everything is connected. Yeah. yeah. So if your kid has asthma, have him go see Dr. Kelly. There you go. And um, it's 630-941-8733, and it's CairoTree.com. Yep. So that's awesome. Uh, we got a few short minutes left of our live feed. Okay, so let's get into the Ed Bacon's book because, again, it's called Eight Habits of Love. And I don't really necessarily want to get into the book per se. I just want you to tell me what your favorite chapter was because obviously there's eight habits, mm-hmm. and I wanted to hear what your favorite habit was. They were all awesome. Okay. But I thought he brought his A game, his A game in the forgiveness chapter. Mm, okay. Um, I don't know. It just spoke to me more. And and it's things I've heard before. It's things I've read about before. Um, but forgiveness is not about the other person. Right. Forgiveness is about you. Yep. And your ability to move on with your life. Right. Versus holding on to anger and resentment and bitterness because you think that holding a grudge somehow serves you when in fact... It's killing you. Well, you think that holding a grudge somehow is hurting the other person, and they're completely not affected Oblivious. by it. Oblivious. So you are, what is it? You are drinking the poison and expecting someone else to die. Right. You are hurting yourself and and thinking you're hurting someone else, and you're not. Right. And so if you let go of it, it's not about them. You're actually doing them a disservice by not forgiving them, or you're doing yourself a disservice because then you're letting them still have power over mm-hmm. you because you're still hurting and angry inside based on what they did so they're still more powerful yeah and he has wonderful wonderful examples in that chapter Mm -hmm. uh, some of which are you know historical Nelson Mandela and things like that but some of them are very personal and he talks about how he needed to practice forgiveness Mm -hmm. he was holding on to grudges and that's what I liked most about the book was that he's not speaking down to the the reader he Mm -hmm. is saying listen I'm as flawed as everybody and this is how I've learned how to love everybody and this is these are the things that this I is why i so, can write this book what's yours you know forgiveness was a huge chapter just in that i feel like when i was reading the book forgiveness came up a lot in the things i was writing about and teaching um i feel like it's been 
you know, in the groups that I've been doing, forgiveness has been a huge topic. So I agree with you on that. But my favorite um, was the one that came after forgiveness, which is compassion. Mm. Because I feel Very like even though they're all, like you said, they're all important and all of them had, uh, you know, a takeaway. I feel like compassion is the basis of everything. Mm-hmm. That if you have an, and my definition of compassion is having an open heart, meaning something I have on my vision board is whenever you want to close, open. Mm -hmm. That whenever you want to close your heart, meaning whenever you want to be hateful or angry or let your ego get in the way or start to be prideful, I have those feelings all the time. But the question is, are you going to respond from that place or are you going to question it? And that's what I mean by whenever you want to close, open. Because when I say, and obviously it's not Kathy saying this, this is a universal principle. Love is all that's real. Love is the answer to everything. People take that cliche. It Mm -hmm. gets put into songs. It becomes unmeaningful. But I mean it. Mm -hmm. That there is nothing where anything else is going to do better. Right. You know, war is never going to do better. Anger is never going to do better. Revenge is never going to do better. Nothing more powerful than Nothing more powerful than love. And compassion is keeping your heart open so you can love people. And it doesn't mean you have to let them back into your life if right. they hurt you. It doesn't, it, that's the forgiveness piece. Right. You may have compassion for them and forgive them, but still decide to not be with them. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. Um, but if you can understand and relate to other people, mm-hmm. and that's what compassion is, your world will be so much more meaningful and what you will put out in the world will be so much more meaningful because you won't think you're better or less than anybody. Right. You'll see, you'll relate to them on a heart and spirit level. So that, that chapter, if everyone could read that, I think, or just embrace that word compassion. Well, and there's a few things like we're going to stop the live version of the show and then continue on with the downloadable version in just a second. But I kind of want to continue just a few points of what we're talking about. About compassion and forgiveness? Yes. Okay. Uh, but first we got to get in our last uh, partner, Avid, Avid. Company. Uh, they're having a Thanksgiving Day special. Awesome. Which turkey means special. A turkey special. <laughs> so give them a call, 630-956-1800. They do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. They do an amazing job. Give them a call. Help us out. Help gobble, them out. Gobble. Help yourself out. Gobble, gobble. That's from PTNA. Oh. One of the best. Oh, I should talk about that. PTNA. Oh, Great yeah. Thanksgiving movie. Oh, okay. I'm going to talk about that. Okay, too. okay. All right, Let's so finish. this is Todd Adams saying uh, see you on the other side. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. And doctor. <laughs> First of all, PTNA, planes, trains, and automobiles. My friend Chris says that not only is it the best comedy of all time, uh-huh. it's the best movie ever created. Mm, I don't think so. I know you don't, but he's <laughs> he's very firm in that opinion. That movie is one of those that's just hard to watch because it's painful. Actually, it's easy to watch because it's awesome. Well, it's painful in that it's just the discomfort. It's constant discomfort. And it's funny, and I've seen it's it enough touching, now. It's touching, it's endearing, it's hilarious. I'm not dissing the movie as a whole. Don't stop dissing the movie. It's just one of those movies where if it came on, I might be like, eh, am I in the mood for this? Because it's a lot of discomfort from Dell. I think that's Del the difference between men and women. I know. What's, what does he sing on the bus? Three, Three coins in a, a fountain, fountain, each one seeking happiness. <laughs> and then Dell says, Flintstones. Right, because nobody Flint- knows the words to three coins in a fountain. That's the essence between Neil Page and Del Griffith. I know, they're perfect. But Here's anyway. your homework, Zen Parenting fans. It's Thanksgiving, the by far the best Thanksgiving movie. Check that. 
the best movie of all time. You don't believe that. Star Wars is the best. I was going to say. is up there. But um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is an amazing Thanksgiving day And then movie. get The Wizard of Oz because it's the best movie of all time. No, it's not. And then Forrest Gump because it's the second best movie. Well, this was actually reserved by Tournament of Bad, but you have 35 <laughs> movies in your top five. You said About Last Night is in your top five I said week. I took it back and said it's in my top but ten. At some point you said last week that About Last Night with Rob Lowe and Jim Belushi is uh, in your top five. Rob Lowe and Demi Moore. I don't think about it as Jim Belushi's <laughs> movie, even though he's good in it. He's hilarious. Uh, the reason I said I loved About Last Night is because it, even though it was made before I was living in Chicago post-college because it was an 80s movie, it just reminds me so much of living there and that I felt like, you know, similar experiences. You know, you just totally knew where they were, what they were going through, what was happening. Um, and it's just a darn good movie. Yeah, but it's not top five. It's top ten. It's not top ten. It's top ten. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. It, it, there are many. I have many top ten movies. Yeah, you have like 30 of them. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, all right. So this is a weird transition back to Ed Bacon. Okay. But, forgiveness uh, and compassion. The thing I remember about, um, I don't remember if it, because forgiveness and compassion are actually quite similar. They are. And I think forgiveness was more of a personal, somebody did something wrong right. to me. Right. Versus compassion is some person out there did did something wrong to somebody else or a greater amount and, of people. And I disagree with that it, compassion is about someone did something. Mm-hmm. Compassion is about being able to see someone and understand them. Like, for example, your child comes home and they struggled with something and or they maybe did something at school that would be perceived as quote-unquote wrong. Mm-hmm. And so you're either going to jump all over their case because you got a phone call from the principal right. and you're going to say, you did this wrong, the principal called, I'm so embarrassed, can't believe this. Or you're going to stop and say, okay, I want to see this from your perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what you have to say about this. You're having compassion for your child. Right. doesn't mean they won't get a consequence. It doesn't mean that it was necessarily the right choice, but you're not assuming the worst and closing your heart. Right. You're saying, you know, if we could look at everybody that way, and again, politics doesn't run this way anymore. Mm. TV doesn't run this way anymore. Everyone's got an opinion and they're right. But that if we had compassion, we would be able to see where everybody's coming from. And then you wouldn't be so adamant about black and white. Mm-hmm. There'd be gray. Right. So that's kind of the way I perceive it. Okay. Well, my thing with forgiveness is sometimes somebody's done something so bad to you, you simply don't want to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And one thing that uh, mm. Ed says in the book, which I thought was powerful, is you don't force yourself to want to forgive somebody. No. But what you can maybe meditate on or pray for is, okay, if I'm not in a position where I can forgive this person, I can at least pray for or, or hope to someday that I will be in a position at some point later on to forgive that person. Yes. So even if you're stuck, like I, he, he or she just did this wrong to me and I can't bring myself, I'm not that good enough of person i'm not jesus i'm not buddha i can't i simply can't forget that's okay yeah but what you can do is maybe hope for that someday you will want to. hope for the desire to forgive there you go yeah hope for and and i don't even think the word hope works because then you're pushing it off to another time focus on pray meditate on be conscious of your desire mm-hmm. to forgive and if it's not there that's okay right you know that's the thing is there's no it, it, I, forgiveness shouldn't come and become another thing we feel guilty about right. what a waste of energy right. it's about understanding that it's hurting you and then saying but i'm just not there okay right. totally cool everybody's got their own timetable right and if the focus is i'm I'm conjuring up the desire or I'm becoming conscious, then you're moving in the right direction. So who's to say that's right or wrong? Right. 
Um, so um, we're going to have a lot more discussion on this book when we when we have the author on. Yes, so excited. I know. I'm excited to ask him some questions and tell him how the book you know how the book has affected us because yeah. I think that's the most fun thing um, as a writer is when someone says something to the effect of "That's exactly how I feel," mm-hmm. or "What you just said is something I couldn't put words toward," or. Um, you know, the way you laid that out really shifted the way I think, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what a huge compliment. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, whenever, as we talked about before, we have a lot of self-help books um, and we don't talk about all of them, not yeah. because they're not good, but because they didn't really resonate in the same way. And yeah. this one just really did. It was really good. It was really good. Thank you, Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess turn them in a bad. Okay. Um, Let's hear it. I already, you already said that I have 30 movies in the 30 top five. 30 movies in your top five. You know what? Five. I'm going to figure out my real top five. Good luck. And I'm going to share it. I would love to see that happen. Okay, because I like some movies a lot. I know. <laughs> you just said, put that in the quote diary. I like some movies a lot. Well, meaning, let me say that a different way. Movies, there are some movies that are extremely meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. and and But sometimes you forget. And then... You need like different top fives, like comedy top five and drama no, you're not top allowed five. To do that. Okay. You just said I like some movies a lot. That's awesome. <laughs> um, we did a laundry poll. Yes. Not, not like a laundry poll, you know, like P O L E. Right. You P O L L. Right. And uh, it was what is the most frustrating: washing, drying, folding, or putting away. And by far, it was a landslide. Putting away. Putting away. Oh yeah. Why does putting away clothes suck so bad? Well, I have, it just does, and you and I are like the worst. I think it's because you can't watch TV during it. Well, and I figured something out yesterday, and I've done this before, but sometimes I forget to do it. So the girls were um, doing their thing last night, and I had two baskets to put away, okay? So I got my iPhone and put my earphones in, and I listened to my music. And I put away, so now the only thing is, is we were just talking about being conscious yeah. and having a walking meditation. I was not... There's no walking <laughs> meditating was, going on. I was listening to music and I was lost in that. So I was not conscious of myself putting away laundry, but I'm kind of okay with that. See, but my problem is I do that all the time. Whereas you do that every now and again to kind of treat yourself. Right. So you, what you do is more balanced than what I do because I got my headphones in all the time. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I stopped doing probably about a year or two ago, and uh, I don't think I would go back is listening to the radio in the morning or listening to the radio in the bathroom while I'm getting ready, because then all your thoughts going into the day are disturbed and they're focused around other people's issues. Or they just don't arise at all. Exactly. You don't even give them a chance to come up. And so when I'm in the shower and we used, we have a radio in the shower, I used to listen and there may be a time, you know, where I just want to relax. It's not that it's bad. It's that I made a conscious choice that in the morning, that's my thought time. Every time you get in the car, instead of going right to the radio, take three conscious breaths. Right. And that's, that's a little meditation. I'm saying this to myself. Yeah. We all are. It's a practice. Um, so the next thing is I can't stand when movies have like 10 awesome actors in it. Yes. Because like they're all playing cameos. And yes. the movie always sucks. For example. Um, I don't know. Wasn't there like a stupid Valentine's Day yeah. movie with like Jennifer Aniston and Bradley Cooper and like yeah. all these like A-list. Yeah. And it was horrible. There was a Valentine's Day and I think there was a New Year's Eve too. And they all suck. And you know who did it? Uh, Gary Marshall, I think, did those movies. Can you... I, I, I challenge the audience Thanks. to come up with... I got one. What is it? Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven was good. That's right. That's the one exception. All the other oceans weren't very good, though, right? There were two oceans that were good, I think. I, actually, of course, I, those are the sequels, so sequels don't really Yeah, count. they don't really Unless count. you're talking about Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Because those, what about Godfather movies? 
Well, that's when nobody knew who Robert De Niro oh, was, so okay. that doesn't matter. But you're right, Ocean's Eleven is an exception. Yeah. So thank you, because everybody else would have called me out. But all the other ones suck. I'm trying to, There's you know there's another one. No. I'm trying to come up I with... I mean, you could say, I guess, Caddyshack, but really, who was but in But they that? were not... Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Ted Knight, Danny Noonan. But they were famous post well, Bill Murray and Chevy were pretty damn famous. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. So I suppose, but I'm ta- I'm talking about the ones that have like nine of them right. in there, and right. they all have, like what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah, and they're that all movie. like they're all in the movie for like ten minutes. Right, it's brutal. Or she's just not that into you. That mm-hmm. was another one because it had Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Goodwin and brutal. all this. Yeah, you're right. They're they're okay, but it's hard to get really into character development, which is what I love mm-hmm. when people are not on the screen that much. Exactly, it's hard to really get to know these people. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I have a few, but I'm going to sh- save them for next week. You, you don't want to do one more? Well, okay. um, they're they're a little more boring. Okay. Well, then we won't do it. This is what I have written down. <laughs> no, I, that's funny. I'm laughing. There's three things that get undercooked at restaurants okay. consistently. Oh boy. In my opinion. Okay. Consistently. Okay. One is pizza. Yes. The the cheese is supposed to be brown. Brown. A little bit. A little brown, and most of the time it's white. Meaning, it's they like pull it barely, out of the yeah, oven yeah. about three and a half minutes too early. Agreed. Second is bacon. Yeah, I don't need. They got to get it crispy. Yeah, and yummy. And then lastly is hash browns. They always under underdo hash browns. Okay. They need to get it crispy. Crisp it up, right. restaurant people. Well, don't you think that they're on a time schedule and so they're just trying to get care. it out I'm as fast as possible? I'm the customer and I want my food as yummy as it can be. Well, here's the thing. We have learned with pizza to say cook it extra long. Yes. Um, you say well done. Well done. And extra sauce. See, I'm not an extra sauce person. That's you because do that. of Lou Malnati's. Yeah, Lou Malnati's, it's But chunky. other ones, it's good because the sauce at Lou Malnati's is stewed tomatoes yeah. and you don't like that. No. But all the other regular pizzerias have regular pizza sauce. But still, I don't know if I agree that I want double sauce. Because oh, I want the cheese. I like the no bread. You have no idea what you're talking I about. I do because I eat pizza. No, not like I do. But you're, what you're saying is you're you like wrong, extra sauce. And I am right. You like extra sauce, and so that means everyone else should like it. And yes. it should be an option. I agree with the Mandatory. cooking it longer. I like the darker, or I like the brown cheese. Yeah. But I don't need extra sauce. Yes, you do. <laughs> Um, lastly, it's holiday season, and that means buy some of your books. And so my books, uh, you can get them both for $20, and I'll even wrap them, and mm-hmm. I'll come up with something so it makes it easy for people to kind of click on a holiday mm-hmm. package. But if you just want to send them to yourself and then put them under the tree or wherever, um, you can buy them off my website, kathycadams.com. Don't forget about my holiday retreat um, that starts in December. I didn't even say that. It starts, I think, on December 10th. And it goes for eight days. Right. And again, there's nothing you have to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send it all to you, and you're going to make of it what you want. Right. Um, so it's not a scheduling thing, and hopefully it'll slow your life down and kind of make you conscious of what we talked about in the show, your busyness. I'm doing it. Are you going to do it? Yeah, I'm cool. doing it. Okay, I'm putting you on the, the list. Okay. And then you can be my feedback about how you think like it's going. We should say the next 20 people get, like, uh, the first 20 people to sign up get a $5 discount or something Well, like that. I'm not going to do that because that's too difficult with PayPal. But what I will say is that it's not going to be open for a long time, okay. meaning I'm only going to take a certain amount of people, mm-hmm. um, only because there's going to be a question-answer portion at some point, and I can't. If there's a lot, a lot of people, right. I just want to be more accessible than that. Um, so anyway, it, you got to sign up or else it may close, I guess. Last but not least, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Yes, thank you. you guys are awesome. For listening, A, B, for emailing us and telling us how this show affects you, and C, for 
voting for us over and over again for the uh, Stitcher Awards, which we still don't know about, by yeah, the way. They're going to announce in a month. Um, and just being good people and conscious people and going out there in the world doing good things. Here, here. Here, here. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Have a great week. Adios. Adios.